Welcome into another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. It has been two whole months since we've seen an NBA game and three whole months since we've seen the Toronto Raptors play. That was game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals. But we wait no longer. The Raptors are set to embark on two preseason games with the Charlotte Hornets, Saturday, December 12th at 7 p.m. and Monday, December 14th at 7 p.m. Scott, I'm here with Scott Rafferty, by the way. Scott, are you, are you excited about it to the Raptors back in action? How does it feel that the NBA preseason is upon us? It still feels weird. I'm not going to lie. But I know as soon as I see that, that ball go up tonight uh, for the first round of preseason games, it's it's going to feel back to normal. And uh, I'm never going to complain about watching live basketball again. So, but yeah, the Raptors are kicking off with a thriller with the Hornets. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you know, you actually wrote the preview for this upcoming game uh, with the Hornets. The Hornets actually have had a pretty interesting offseason. Drafted LaMelo Ball, who was, you could argue whether or not he's the best player right now, but he probably has the most elite skill with his passing. Also signed Gordon Hayward this offseason. But the Raptors have had a pretty busy offseason, too. And I think uh, in a unique offseason like this one, uh, the preseason is kind of weird because I mean, like you said, the Raptors haven't played in three months and the Hornets haven't played in nine months. So you'll see you'll see a very interesting, I guess, level or disparity in where these guys are, whether it's conditioning, whether it's timing, things of that nature. But there's a lot to be sorted out on both both ends. Kyle and I were actually on here recently kind of talking about the breakdown of the training camp roster. So going into the game, first of all, what are you expecting of the level of play and, and what are you expecting to see when these guys kind of get out on the floor? The answer, I feel like I always say this, is I have no idea. Um, Just because, like you said, the the Raptors are only, what, three months removed from last playing, but the Hornets, it's been so long. Yeah. Um, This might be, like, the longest break that some of them have had playing, you know, competitive basketball in a long time. So so who knows? But, I mean, either way, this is what preseason's for, both teams. I think the Hornets have three preseason games as well. Uh, Maybe they only have two. I actually don't know. But I know the Raptors have three. um, So it gives them a few games to kind of work some things out. And then, you know, regular season's right around the corner. Um, so yeah, the, the, the Raptors, I, I'm guessing we won't see the starts as much in this one. Mm. Um, I mean, we can talk about how great it is going to be to see Pascal Siakam play again. Um, I know he's had some quotes over the last week saying he's kind of found his joy again, which is great to hear. Um, and hopefully he can kind of bounce back from that series against the Celtics where he struggled. Um, I'm really excited to see how OG Ananobi progresses this season, but again, I don't know if this is going to be the games that we see this. Um, this is probably going to be, you know, an opportunity to kind of see the newcomers in, in, um, you know, Alex Len, Aaron Baines, maybe, uh, DeAndre Bembry as well, mm-hmm. but also figuring out the end of that rotation because um, they have 13 guaranteed contracts right now, um, leaving two spots up for grabs. We can assume Matt Thomas, I think, is a pretty safe assumption to get one of those spots. So, um, you know, guys like O'Shea Brissett, Henry Ellenson, maybe these, this is, these are the games that they get a lot of minutes and kind of prove themselves uh, to try and either crack the rotation or, you know, kind of stick with the Raptors, whether it's going to the 905 or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I know we kind of had a similar discussion back in, I guess, whether that was, um, I guess, late July when they had those uh, preseason preceding games and we didn't really know what the approach was going to be. And now it's kind of a similar situation in which kind of like a playoff series almost, you know, you come to Charlotte yeah. to, to obviously to limit the travel and mitigate the risk with, with COVID, um, come in and play two games over the course of the weekend and then uh, wrap up the preseason schedule on December 18th, uh, the Friday, December 18th, which I guess is 
four days uh, before, four or five days before uh, the season opener. So do you think there's going to be some type of approach? Because you do need to get reps under the belt of Siakam and under the belt of Van Vliet and those guys who are returning, who we know what they're capable of, but just as far as getting their win back so they are ready for the 23rd when the Pelicans come down to Tampa, do you think that maybe not the first game, but maybe it's the second or third game when things kind of ramp up and, and the importance of that as well? Yeah, I mean, there is importance to that. And I'm sure we will see some of that. But I think the the good thing for the Raptors is that one of the bright sides of there being a shorter break is that they haven't really had that long to kind of build up rust, right? True. Um, they're not too far removed from playing. And I also think there's a continuity factor here. The fact that Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and OG Nobi for the starters from last season are still together. There's a familiarity there. Aaron Baines, obviously, I think he's going to start. Nick Nurse said this week that I think he's penciled in as the fifth starter going into the season. Um that's going to take some time to figure it out because he's a different player than Mark Solonak uh, and Serge Ibaka. But at the end of the day, he's going to be shooting threes. He's going to be camping out under the basket. He's going to be sitting hard screens. And it's more the defensive end where it's going to take time to figure it out. So I think even if guys aren't in the tip-top shape going into the season, the fact that the Raptors kind of have that continuity going into the season gives them a, an advantage over some of the other teams. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this where it's the Nets have a lot to figure out. You know, it's yeah. not just conditioning for them. It's how do Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant mesh? Um, the Bucs have to work Drew Holiday into the offense, who who is not the highest usage player, but that's going to figure out. That's going to take some time. So I think you know, on the surface level, that that stuff kind of helps with the Raptors going into the season. Yeah, you know that, that continuity is an underrated aspect. We looked at it last year. They made zero moves at the deadline, and it kind of gave them some momentum going into the. I guess, season hiatus and then postseason or, or whatever. So that's a really underrated aspect of it. I think as far as like that continuity, I guess probably one through seven, one through eight, uh, obviously it's new guys, but it's more of plug and play than figure things out, kind of like you said. After that, there are the position battles. There are guys battling for roster spots or spots in the rotation. Is there a specific guy from that group, whether it's the Stanley Johnsons or I guess Chris Boucher is kind of on the fringe. I would say he's more locked in that that eighth, seventh spot in the rotation. But guys like that who you have an eye on as the Raptors take the floor as far as maybe proving worthy of a larger role this upcoming season. I mean, I do think it's those two players, really, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting big things from Stanley Johnson this season. I've never been the biggest Stanley Johnson fan, but... He did end the season, the regular season, really well last year with yeah. those two big games in their seeding games um, and to kind of see if he can kind of pick up from there um, and really just give the Raptors anything because he, he really didn't contribute much at all um, before that point last season. So if he can give them something off the bench, that would be that would be huge for them. Um, and Boucher as well. You know, they just rewarded him with this this extension that they gave him in the offseason. He's coming off of the best season of his career. He, he was really important to them last season. He wasn't necessarily a mainstay in the rotation. Um, but he proved to be a guy that can kind of give some, give them some energy when they needed to. Um, there were several games that he changed. He, he's an interesting player to me because he's, you know, a high volume three point shooter, but he's mm -hmm. not efficient. Um, he, he's maybe not the most disciplined defender at times, but he's a guy who can guard the perimeter. Uh, one of my favorite stats from last season was he was in like the top 10 of the league in, in block three pointers, um, which is pretty impressive for a guy who, let's be honest, didn't really get that many minutes. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, the fact that Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka aren't on the team anymore, he could really see his minutes increase this season and he could play a much bigger role um, on this team, especially if, you know, Alex Len doesn't work out as they're kind of expecting him to and everything like that. So, um, I mean, I, I think those two are interesting just because they, they could be those like eighth, ninth or tenth guys 
Um, I obviously want to see, I, I mean, Matt Thomas is interesting to me because we know he's a great three point shooter. Right. Um, but what else can he bring to this team? Yeah. Um, obviously defensively, if he can improve in that regard, he's going to get more minutes because um, yeah. this three point shooting is so valuable. Um, so th- those are the three guys that come out to me really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nick Nurse actually had some quotes uh, following practice during training camp, pretty much saying that it's going to depend on Matt Thomas improving on the defensive end to to crack the rotation and have a little bit more of a reliable or consistent role in the rotation. We we know his ability to open the game up with threes. I feel like I say that every time I talk about Matt Thomas, but I mean, defensively, that's, that's what he does. That's what he does, and that's very valuable, especially in today's game. Uh, but again, you got it. You got to you know, not be a net negative on the defensive end. Uh, one thing I talked about, we, we have this over on NBA.com as well. So if you have not checked it out already, check out the preview for the game as well as some things we're looking forward to in the preseason. What I had down for what I'm most looking forward to in the preseason is, is the young guys on the team. Um, Malachi Flynn was a late first round pick who a lot of people viewed as a steal. Jalen Harris had great scoring numbers in college. He's going to be on a two-way contract this upcoming season, but because of the way the roster is, because of the amount of wings on the roster, this preseason really might be our best look at what he's capable of doing. And the third guy who actually is the same age as Flynn and Harris is Canada's own Mississauga native, O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea Brissett is a guy who is battling for that final guaranteed spot on the roster last year. I think he had some really good moments, uh, notably that Boston game in Boston when a lot of guys were hurt. He was asked to do a lot and he did it well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he has a leg up on the rest of the guys who he's fighting with for a spot on the roster. Uh, But, uh, you know, I think a big part of it is don't show any regression and also don't allow those guys like Alizé Johnson or Henry Ellison who bring very different things. And Yuta Watanabe as well bring very different things. It's just a matter of him shining uh, and doing what he does best, better than what they do best. So I'll have my eye on those guys, all 22 years old, uh, for two of them will be their first NBA action, which will be exciting. And, and I kind of touched on it too. And we can talk about it a little bit more. Speaking of first NBA action, again, LaMelo Ball, also rookies for the Hornets. We can talk about the opponent a little bit. Vernon Carey, Grant Riller, as well as Nick Richards, the Hornets. And I wrote about this on NBA.com as well. Had a pretty transformative offseason, I, I want to say. Uh, there is, they're an interesting team last year. Uh, they they had a lot of ups and downs as fate would have it because the Wizards played so poorly in the bubble. The Hornets actually finished with the ninth worst record in the Eastern Conference, and the Wizards fell to ten. Uh, as crazy as that is, so weird how that I, worked out. Weird how that worked out. I, I think the Hornets are a team who have improved this offseason, and they weren't terrible last year, but I think they have a little bit more direction. So, what should Raptors fans expect to see uh, from this Hornets team, and, and kind of what kind of matchup is that for this team? Uh, not really a barometer or a measuring stick, but I think they provide unique challenges. Yeah, I mean, I think they're an interesting team just because, like you said, they they kind of surprised everyone last season um, with Terry Rozier being better than I think a lot of people expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devontae Graham had a season that was worthy of most improved. I know he didn't win it. I think he received the fourth most votes. Yeah. Um, but he was certainly a strong candidate for that award. Um, so you bring both them back, then you're adding LaMelo Ball, who I think it's fair to say is probably the most polarizing uh, player sure. in this draft class. I, I know sure. some are very high on him. I think he kind of has this all-star potential, whereas others, including um, our Colin Gay, is not <laughs> is not the highest on him. Um, I, I watched a few of his games in the uh, NBL last season in Australia, and I will say that the, the concerns about a jump shot are real. Um, yeah. and, and his athleticism and how it's going to translate, and can he finish um, at the rim in the NBA and everything like that. But his passing really did pop watching yeah. those games. 
Um, I, I, on NBA.com, I wrote, I, I watched his best game, his worst game, somewhere in the middle. Um, and again, you can critique things, other parts of his game and all those games. But the one thing that did stand out was his passing in every single one. Like, he, he's a legit awesome passer. Um, and, you know, it's going to take some time for those other parts of his game to get up to the NBA level. But starting from day one, I think it's, that's going to be a part of his game that is going to shine every single night. And it's going to be fun to watch whether you're a Hornets fan or not. Um, yeah. You, so, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. Listening to that, you talk about his passing and talking about Rozier and Graham and them being like spot up shooters and catch and shoot yeah. guys. Like that seems like that's where the fit is gonna be. Because I think I'll scratch my head. Like, oh, how's this point guard gonna work with two other point guards? But I feel like that's the lane, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's the recipe for success in offense. Defense, yeah. uh, I'm not so sure because <laughs> again, there's concerns about Lamelo's defense and Devonte Graham and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is. Um, got some potential on that, and he, he's shown before that he can defend at a pretty high level, I think. But the three of them is a, a, a pretty small backcourt, and B, there's not a defensive minded guy in there, so that would be the concern. But I do think offensively that has a potential to be something, and then you add Gordon Hayward to it, which I think it's also fair to say that was potentially the most surprising signing of the offseason. Yeah, um, the Hornets getting him doing completing that sign and trade with the Celtics for I think it was four years, 120 million. Um, <laughs> I mean. They're paying Gordon Hayward to be that's superstar money for Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 it's definitely an overpay for him, but that shouldn't take away from how good of a player he really is. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if he's going to be the person who turns the Hornets back into a playoff team. Um, but, you know, they're going to be competitive every single night. And this gives Gordon Hayward that opportunity that he had in Utah to kind of be that number one option um, and kind of prove himself again. I mean, the key for him is going to be can he stay healthy? Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he's great all-around player he's going to help them a ton offensively so the Hornets at least have some interesting pieces because you know he's I'm sure we're going to see some small ball lineups with PJ Washington at center and Gordon Hayward at power forward and the three guard yeah. lineup like they're, they're going to do some fun things this in this season and uh and yeah the the Raptors are going to get the first taste of it yeah I think it's interesting thinking about it the last time the Raptors played it was against the Celtics and Gordon Hayward the next time they play it's against the Hornets and Gordon yeah. Hayward um He's also another playmaker. Listen to their head coach, James Brago, just say in this day and age, you need to have shooters and guys who can create for others and create for themselves. And I think the guys that they've brought in and what they're trying to do uh, kind of aligns with that. And like you said, the high octane offense that they could have with lob threats in guys like Malik Monk, who actually uh, was just cleared from COVID protocol. So he probably won't be playing, but. You know, Miles Bridges is another guy who plays above the rim and having to pass like LaMelo Ball to set everybody up. It'll be interesting to see just kind of how the Raptors play with that, have some rookie matchups. And and I think it's a good test to play against a young team because these are guys who are kind of just ready to get out there and scrap and kind of play hard where they won't let those guys who are trying to play for a spot on the Raptors side, they won't really be able to loaf. They'll, they'll, they'll make them work for it. So I think it'll be exciting basketball, especially because, again, these guys are just itching to get back on the floor because it is a team that hasn't played in nine months. So that'll be very interesting. And, and then you go into next week with the defending Eastern Conference champions coming up the road to Tampa as the Raptors play the Heat. That's it for this edition, getting you prepped for the Raptors preseason again, Saturday, December 12th in Charlotte on Sportsnet, 7 p.m. Same for Monday, December 14th at Charlotte Spectrum Center, 7 p.m. on Sportsnet. Keep it locked in with NBA.com. We've got you covered with everything ahead of the game and after the game as the Raptors gear up for a very unique 2020-21 NBA season. For Scott Rafferty, I'm Gil McGregor. Thanks for tuning in to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. Catch you next time.